please pronounce your name correctly for me? <laughs> correctly, that's right. Well, correctly yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, my name is Tommaso De Luca. All right, and to me, that's rather obvious where you're from, but could you tell everybody sort of where yeah, you're first, from? Uh, I'm Italian. I was born in the north. I grew up in Milan, but then I've been uh, traveling my whole life. So, yeah, now I'm based in Berlin. In Berlin? Uh, okay. Yeah. Lots of artists ending up in Berlin yes. in Europe. <laughs> Why is that? Um, well, it used to be affordable. And it used to be... Oh, it's true. <laughs> no, not anymore. It used to be affordable. It used to be like a, a place of... I don't know, where a lot of people just started gathering and doing a lot of things. And, and, uh, and then, of course, uh, I guess... Uh, interest of companies started to kick in and, and uh, just any other uh, process of gentrification that happened in any other city in, uh, in the past 40, 50 years just hit. So yeah, prices are not affordable anymore. That means that less people and less artists especially can afford to come and, and uh, join the group. I would say. Uh, so, yeah, it's a little bit more complicated right now. But well, one, Some of the things I've heard about Berlin are, A, that, they, first of all, Germany has a thing called an artist visa, which is a very unique thing. Not mm -hmm. a lot of countries have that. So as an artist, you can go there and sort of legitimately be there without having an employer or a spouse or whatever that mm -hmm. sort of sponsors you. So that's attractive, first of all. I think so, yeah. I mean, I, as a European, you don't need one, thankfully. But, yeah. <laughs> but I always forget people are European. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have this little thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, a lot of. I mean, the, the, there is a, uh, an artist visa in the states as well, of course. But you know, no, no, there is one. I was, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was going back and forth with New York for um, a couple of years and. I was about to start a process of, of getting an artist visa is extremely expensive compared to Europe, for example. So there is one and you need a sponsor anyway. And so it's, it's still complicated. I think, I think it's, but I don't know the process in Germany. I think it's a little complicated as well, but way cheaper and way, all my American friends there have, have uh, most of them have uh, artist visa. visa. Yeah. So yeah, no, but that's uh, it works. Yeah, I've heard, I mean, I still hear that like Berlin is a great place to be an artist. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's really okay. I haven't been there in many years, really, but you know, and been involved in it. But it's a great place to be an artist, but it's not necessarily the best place to make money from being an artist. Uh, I think so. I <laughs> I mean, it's it's a. Um, yeah, probably. I've, I mean, I I have a lot of friends from like previous generations. So I've been, I've been living there for four years now. I, I moved quite late. I used to, I started going there in 2007 and then I was like going there basically every year. And then, um, so I, I'm friend now with a lot of artists from like previous generations. So they're like a little bit older and they've been there for more well-established. Yeah, and but also the joined the city when it was what it used to be. So like also a very um, political engaged place, and and with a lot of um, I don't know forward thinking in that sense of like what what does it mean to be an artist? What does it mean to like make politics and be an artist? Uh, artist and um, or the politics of being an artist. And uh, so it's it's nice and refreshing, and for me, it became very attractive 
at one point or, or beautiful to like re-engage with a conversation that I didn't think it was possible anymore somehow or that I forgot about. Um, so it was very, uh, it was very nice. Uh, so the, there is a, a community, there is a, or, or the chance to have like different communities, I guess, with different discourses and, and different approaches as well. So you see a, a, a plethora of different uh, ways also of being an artist, which is, as you said, like a nice, um, or like a great, it makes a great place to be an artist. It really does. I mean, it is, it is still an attractive place for artists, mm-hmm. I mean, even if it is less affordable and all these other kinds of issues. Yeah. I mean, because like there are certain cities that are not very sort of uh, rounded. They don't have a wide set of styles and dialogues and mm-hmm. things like this. They're pretty much like they have their one thing that they do and that's what they do kind of thing. So there's, you know, there is a, a great attractiveness still to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The making money part, I, I mean, it's, I guess it's hard everywhere right now. But it depends also where, what's the where, what's the goal, right? Like if, if someone is like uh, going after being successful, I don't know. You, I think you can find the, the, the ways of making it anywhere-ish. Uh, or you can find a place where that could become a reality. Well, one of the beautiful things about being an artist these days versus even 20 years ago mm-hmm. is that, like, quite honestly, you can live anywhere, mm-hmm. but then do things like what we're talking about here today, like a festival or do uh, an event or exhibitions around the world. So, like, mm-hmm. you basically, you can choose to live wherever you enjoy living mm-hmm. and then basically, you know, present your work, sell your work, whatever kind of format you want to do it in anywhere. Yeah, I think the structure of where the cities were the the, the centers uh, of uh, a political, artistic, uh, cultural discourse is kind of it's shattered, and uh, also because of again gentrification and and uh, phenomena like that. Because of course, as the cities became more uh, difficult to live in, price wise, for the real estate, for example, <laughs> just. Uh, uh, and so it meant that uh, like the diversity that was before like the core of the city and the core of making art just like dissipated and and became uh more decentralized so i think it's yeah you don't need a place to define you that's a general uh, note to myself as well Uh, they become more like hubs or or yeah series of like places where you can be and of course like encounter certain people encounter a certain amount of difference and but again uh, travels became easier and even though there's a possibility also for a certain class or I think there was a, a research some years ago about um, America in, in the States and they say that the, the, there was a highest percentage of people that were born, raised and were still living in the same place. So this idea of mobility as well, it's, it's like, a, it's not a fantasy, but it's also like a, one of the... Um, it, it it can become an ideology or a part of like a, a um, yeah so ideology maybe it's too strong but yeah let's let's say that for uh, of of the interconnected world or whatever. My older brother never even got a passport. Yeah, like <laughs> in his entire life, he yeah, never left yeah. the United States. Like first time I left the United States, I think I was eleven years old, yeah. and I 
kind of haven't looked back since. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but, the, but yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people, like I know a number of people that have, have friends of mine, like people that I grew up in, with in high school and stuff that sort of have never left that mm. town, city. Yeah. I mean, it was Washington, D.C. It yeah, was a big yeah. city, but I mean, they never really left that region. Yeah. Well, the States is also a, a specific place to look at because it's ter- terrible, but <laughs> it's terribly hard also to, to, to leave because you're, you're forced to work to pay your debts or to to have a health insurance or stuff like that or you <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry I'm bit. laughing under my breath I totally agree yeah, with you yeah, I mean yeah. I'm very happy to be in Europe I mm-hmm. do not like America mm-hmm. now I mean I feel like it was better when I was younger but I mean it, it just had different problems mm-hmm. I think and it always has problems like it's just yeah, I'm not a fan overall mostly because they just don't support the arts no. period yeah, like they just don't give a shit about the arts as a whole there's a there's a very much a class divide you know there's the 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 blue chips and they do very well and then there's the you know local craftspeople and they do very well but the whole middle class of mm-hmm. sort of like of artists are fighting tooth and nail just to make a living mm-hmm. and it sucks yeah so i'm happy to not be there likewise <laughs> agreed so a little bit of background on you then so like what is what's your uh, like education and your artistic practice and Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff so like what is it that how that sort of led you down this path uh well i I, after high school i just i started i started with the art school with academy and i took my ba there and the academy the academy sorry in milan i, I studied uh, it's called naba it's a, a new academy of fine arts it's, it's a school that has been founded in oh god i would say the 90s probably or maybe no 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 the 80s mid 80s even before i've no recollection of that but this is not going to be a great um <laughs> when you said like a th- a, a, you know of a, a thing in italy i was thinking you were going to say like the 1700s or something no like absolutely no it's pretty it was pretty newer than uh, unfortunately a private uh, academy but it had like a, a broader uh, spectrum of uh, artistic practices all in the same course because the other like the public academies at and I love public school in general so it was like also a weird thing for me to like s- switch and go to a, a, a study privately for three years but uh, they had uh, the, yeah the public school at that point had uh, to me as a high schooler I had like a more narrowed path so you you either choose painting or sculpture or video or whatever and i didn't know i did i didn't i studied a little bit of uh, art history when in high school but then after that i had no idea what 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 it even meant do you know uh, what it means now absolutely not <laughs> okay. i was just wondering uh, yeah yeah uh but it was um yeah so in in my eyes was like a much broader um um, i don't really like pull to explore somehow but yeah so i I studied there and then at the end of the ba i i I was already starting doing like shows and residencies so so yeah it was going great and uh and so yeah i left school i mean i I had my degree and then I, i stopped studying somehow uh or i kept studying by myself say like oh, i don't need the system uh <laughs> yeah 
Um, you are you, you the know you're talking the to an art professor. The here, right, right. Huh? You so, know you're talking to a professor. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, but I you know I, I, that's the reason also why I moved back to Berlin because I wanted to go to uh, a master degree in Hamburg, and they told me I was to um, what do you say not to experience but to. Uh, too green yeah no, to advance to like access the, the master i was like too old at, at that point and i had too much career and what? uh before yeah i was, was too prepared to to get into you were that. overqualified overqualified thank you yeah sorry forgot that really word. The, the 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 word the like the phrasing in german was a, it could be both ways so he decided to interpret it like this <laughs> for for the well-being of my ego but yeah um <laughs> could have been could have been both um but yeah so i wanted to go back to school i loved teaching when it whenever it happened and and so i um, but of course the institution is problematic in general like school is problematic in general and uh and i was experiencing a way of like making art and and uh studying the things that i was interested in it was kind of dictated only by myself so it was i mean yeah kind of uh refreshing and freeing i guess sure. yeah. I, I went to my undergraduate i was a photographer mm -hmm. photography major and then when i got to my graduate program i'm not going to go through the whole story but i did i went in as a photography major but i ended up not liking the photography program because like you're sort of saying like they were very set in their ways like they they would put up a piece of photo, a photo piece of art and they would be like Oh, what camera lens did you use? What paper did you? And mm -hmm. they were super technical about like the process, but they didn't really care about the idea that was being mm -hmm. expressed as much. So I ended up switching to what they called new genres, okay, which I love because it sounds so pompous and arrogant. <laughs> so I got my degree with new genres, which which was great. It was the, one of the best educations I had across the board after eight years of college, because we walked into a classroom and there would be a performance artist, a video artist, a sculptor, a painter, a bookmaker, printmaker, mm -hmm. photographer. And we had to talk about art. Mm -hmm. Never did any technical processes come up. It mm -hmm. was just about like, does this work express what it was meaning mm -hmm. to express? And it was the most magnificent education, mm -hmm. but I don't think it would have worked had I'd gone into that early. Well, you see that that was my problem with with what I studied because, or the way I studied because it was extremely uh, theoretical and, and beautiful in that sense. It gave me like such a such an arsenal of like different tools uh, and way of understanding and seeing and 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 stuff like that. But I had close to nothing or like a very uh, very small um, like technical preparation. Mm. So I had to like find a way to overcome certain uh, inabilities later on why and i i mean it wasn't too bad for the way i'm i'm uh, or at least like i i designed my way of working or my way of working was informed also from by that lack of abilities and then uh, uh, the process of teaching myself certain things became the process of making and 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 what i i mean what i describe as my work today so it, it was it was really it's the tour but i like the tours so it, it was it was a nice way and that's sort of part of the fun about the arts and the arts education is like there's no correct path 
Yeah. No, you know, so. Everybody finds their own way to it. Some people do better in private schools. Some people do better in public schools. Some people better do it with no education whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know many artists that are like, the system and the educational system, you know, ruins creativity, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, there's lots of different paths. So in some ways that's great, but in some ways it's also like, but which one's right for me? Yeah, no, of course <laughs> you have to, again, you, you, you build yourself around, of course, what, what, uh, what you're given or what you, what you encounter in your life. So it's, um, I, I do feel there is a, a little bit of, uh, I mean, the more, you know, in terms of like techniques and and tools and stuff like that the more you can also destroy of the things that you know or you can act or you can whatever do whatever you want but again i don't think the more i i uh, i go onward and 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 i study and see artists that i love and and things like that the more i i understand that this is not a given and this is not a necessity so it it really depends on on um i hate the idea of singularity but um i do i I do understand that yeah there is no linear path yeah i mean like i went to school at at the san francisco art institute Mm -hmm. and and Leibowitz went to that school Mm -hmm. and a lot of the my teachers were and Leibowitz's teachers Mm -hmm. And they kept mocking her all the time. Oh, wow. <laughs> They're like, she 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 crafts beautiful images, but she doesn't do any of the work. She just hires people to yeah, do yeah, her yeah, lighting. Yeah. She hires people to do her wardrobe. She hires mm-hmm. people to do uh, scouting for locations. Like all she does is she just sort of comes up with a sketch and says, "I want Sting with mud all over him mm-hmm. and naked," and then and then gives that to other people, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other people do it. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I mean, the thing that I care about today is the the whatever you do, whatever you uh, you you produce, whatever choice you make in the process of making something, makes the politics of the work. So that kind of design the path, or like really design the structures of of your work as the choices you make, and and it means like, yeah, do do I. Um, do I give this to someone else? Uh, do I try to make it myself? Do I, what kind of materials do I use? What kind of, I don't know, form I think about? Like it, it's really like everything, uh, the process of making becomes really, the, or I'm interested in that at least, like becomes the politics of what I do. And, uh, and so I don't have to necessarily like shy away from um, a formal beauty whatever I intend as formal beauty or formal, uh, like as something that looks like art, let's say that. But um, it's interesting to me, like how uh, that specific uh, form or that specific um, product comes comes about. So it's really like how, how am I political in the choices I make. So for example, like uh, hiring someone else to make a, a it's, it's a choice, of course. And it, it presents also a way, or it describes a way in which the word functions. And so if I decide to go through uh, on, on that path, uh, but I, I, God, that, when, I, when I say some st- stuff like that, I'm, I'm always thinking like, oh, it seems like I'm criticizing the artist right now. I'm not, it's just like a, the, what interested me or, or uh, it doesn't, but um, yeah, I think there's there's a uh, there's a way of making those choices kind of like make the um, creates an, a vision of the word 
that is something something rather than the other. That's it. All right. Well, you keep saying the word politics. I grew up in Washington, D.C. <laughs> well, not that way. <laughs> I hate the term politics or anything relevant to politics. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking, so like your definition, when you keep using the words politics, political, things like this, what, do you, what is it you mean by that? Well, it's really like the way of in, uh, engaging with reality. Like what, what is my position, uh, like the position that I take as an individual, as a, as a human? Or part, or as a part of a community, or as okay. A, so about any topic, just like your position is your politics. Well, somehow, yes. Yeah. Like okay. it's it's and and I add another layer here, but the but one of my politics is not have or like changing position all the time. So like or like trying to inhabit positions that are not necessarily mine by biography or mine by. Um, design or choice or whatever, like the 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 fact of being like sort of a shapeshifter also in in my work is is part of what I consider also um, politic. But to me, is yeah, it's a, it's a very like layered term term and and uh, very complicated. I'm still like trying to wrap my head around uh, what it is for me really. So, but I I guess like. For now, like yeah, it's the engaging with uh, whatever surrounds me, so whatever is going on in the world, from like a bigger scale to like uh, what's my relationship with this chair or this table or the kitchen, because there, there there's a politics also in in there to me. All right, very different definition than I. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fine. But also, I mean, also it it is like. Um, uh, militants or engagement with certain things but I do I tend not to uh, that's that's in my private life whatever I, I, I like private it's not uh, I, I don't want to to be it's my to, private life like, that I'm making public politi- on, this, <laughs> on this podcast <laughs> yes no but it is um, it's not necessarily like talking about a political topic right this is not what politics means for me yeah because for me you, know, you have to understand not only do I was like raised in Washington D.C., my father's a priest, mm-hmm. so the terms religion and politics are very charged terms yes. for me. <laughs> so, like, I have a, a very uh, a visceral reaction when I hear those two terms, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't want to talk about those things. <laughs> Literally between a, the rock and a hard place. Yeah, I know. Like, they're the two topics most people love having passionate conversations yeah, about, yeah. and I'm just like, fuck off, <laughs> like, seriously. But anyways, all right. So, but so then leading on to like what you produce, like what, so you're, you, I'm going to make some leaps of assumptions. So please Mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong. You're a full-time working artist Mm -hmm. in what way? So like, are you sort of part of a a gallery scene? Are you part of a sort of an alternative scene? Do you do a lot of festivals and residencies? Like what's the, the way you have sort of built your career? Oh, kind of random uh, so I started again as I said very very early because I was 21 probably when I did my first uh, couple of shows and, and I were like in small institutions in Italy and then 
I applied for a residency program in Rome that it just happened, just opened that year, 2010, I think, uh, for young artists. And although my portfolio was like probably four pages long, um, they they saw something and they selected me, which was re- really nice. And then, uh, so I spent six months in Rome. In a beautiful studio, and uh, and had the chance to uh, make a show at Macro, which is uh, one of the city's um, uh, museums, and uh, and then yeah, after a year or so, no, maybe even less, I I did my first show in the gallery that I still work with, which is Monitor. Uh, they have a space in in Rome, and one in Lisbon, and one now um, also outside. Um, in in the outskirts of uh, Rome, and and so yeah, I started again very young, and then I did another couple of residencies and um, number of shows at the time, and started also like showing uh, abroad, and yeah, it was just kind of a build up uh, that I wasn't really ready for work wise. I, I mean, looking at retrospect right now, <laughs> uh, but then of course, as it, as it happens, uh, I kind of reached a um, plateau for s- some years. And again, it's now I know that it's normal at the time it seemed like the end of the world. Uh, so I had also a little bit and the work wasn't going anywhere really. Like it was, I mean, it, I was still working on, and I've been working on things, uh, I, I do realize now how I reconnected all the the, the dots that I the, that I designed in the past ten years, and and it was really nice and say like okay I don't regret anything I did I I made a lot of mistakes and I embraced them and I, I think they were they informed wherever happened uh, afterwards, but yeah I kind of like created this this weird um, path. In, in a way and then in the past few years yeah then I, I moved to Berlin and I thought like oh maybe I should take a master in Hamburg and study German I don't know try to get a PhD one day and teach and then you know have like a, a more stable income or whatever because it's I mean it goes up and down and when it goes up and down it's uh, also it was I wasn't really uh, producing a lot of things so it was difficult to to uh, leave as a full-time artist and um, and then yeah, I was nominated for I was shortlisted for the Maxi Bulgari Prize, which is uh, Maxi's, well, I guess the the um, uh, the most important uh, prize in Italy for contemporary arts. Congratulations! Which, yeah, thank you. And uh, I also won that, which was also very nice. <laughs> um, but then yeah, so. Um, yeah, I'm selected for the, the Quadrennale in the same year. So in the past couple of years, despite the pandemic, I, I worked um, a lot. Uh, I was very, yeah, it's it's really uh, nice with the consciousness and the, the maturity of like being 34 now or something. I was going to say maturity of you are so young. Yeah. <laughs> like what? But anyways, but maturity maturity is an attitude, not an age. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. But the okay. So how did you get connected to Leoff? Uh, well, I met uh, the curators Francesco Urbano Ragazzi ten years ago. Now uh, they invited me for a project called a special day in Venice, um, and we met, and we just yeah, being like. 
develop a, a friendship and and also a working relationship for the past uh, 10 years. Okay, but I want to sort of have a perfect clarification that you say you met. So, like, was it that you they curated you into a show, or you uh, met uh, at a bar? They were, they were, they were. <laughs> uh, sorry, yeah, no, true. They were doing a, uh, they were making a project with um, uh, in Venice uh, with el- older members of the queer community. Uh, so people that. Uh, grew up between the 60s the 70s and the 80s um wait people the no show, grew up like that they, they had you, their, their so you're calling me part of the older no generation. no 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 yeah, no no not grew up not where they weren't born in the in the in that era but they were like 20 let's say when sure, during sure. the 70s yeah, yeah. and stuff like that it's fine is <laughs> just say did i save it no, no. Not okay quite, not no quite. but I, <laughs> really they were like in their late 60s or 70s there was like a, a probably a, okay, that's great. a older game man yet. yeah that's, that's fine, fine. <laughs> see that way yeah. I, does it remember english is my second language so if i if if there is a foreign slip it's not <laughs> no it's okay it's yeah. my it's my sort of like anxiety i think of just feeling like i'm getting old yeah. and i'm projecting onto of you course. No, no, has no. nothing to do with no, what no, you're no. saying Sorry, coming to an age in the 70s? Uh, yes. That doesn't make it better. Yeah, see, 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 yeah, see, see I was pro- born in the 70s. Yeah, not, no, see, it's yeah. a problem. No, no, no. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a language barrier. It's not a, But um, Well, your English is magnificent if there is a language barrier. But yeah, okay. Go Thanks. On. So they were, they were uh, curating this workshop with were four or five uh, young Italian artists and like kind of being connected with this uh, older um, the queer people, and we had a lot of like meetings and and the screening of, of movies and discussions. And I was like a one or two weeks. It was really intense and and beautiful. And we had we, we really had a lot of fun as well. And uh, and so that's how we uh, we linked for the first time. And then uh, again, throughout the years, we develop a, uh, a really strong friendship, and we respect each other's work so much. And, and we work again together for um, several occasions. So, and and now uh, they invited me to take part of Liev, which is beautiful. I'm really excited about this. Had you ever been to Norway or known anything about Norway prior to this invitation? First time. So, yeah, very, very first time. Any f- initial reactions to the experience of being in Norway? Well, or, it's, And I should be clear, northern Norway. Yeah, exactly, because really. I was about to say, it's not Norway. It's, like, <laughs> it's, not, it's not Oslo. It's the, yeah, it's, uh, it's the end of the world. Similar, I mean, um, it's... I, I, it has been a little overwhelming in in a good way because it's such an extreme place i think a lot of people would say that probably about here but well, it is but it's very fitting yeah i mean it, it really is. It, like yeah. extreme is a good thing because the the temperature fluctuation the 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 geography like the everything about this place is like yeah we've been here for 5 days i haven't had a moment of darkness for <laughs> 
the sun hasn't been setting and has that affected you in, yeah immensely i think now now i'm a bit better like uh, today's day five i guess mm-hmm. so i'm now get, the second day i started talking to myself and i had to like put my mattress underneath the table so i had a little bit of like shade and darkness because otherwise i was going out of my mind i had an eye shade i could have lent you yeah <laughs> I, I i don't know like the curtains were really um protecting from well if you need an eye shade tonight i have a yeah, no, it's fine. i mean it's, yeah i'm done now like i can't i can't live like this i guess but yeah. but yeah it, i mean it, uh, it fucks with you a little bit that's <laughs> i find it amazing i hear lots of stories about people saying that like yeah. me I was fine. No, fine. Okay. No problem. No, good for you. <laughs> no, no, as a matter of fact, I found the beds to be shockingly comfortable even, which is, yeah. it's really not that they're comfortable, quite honestly, but in comparison to the place I was staying in Iceland, okay. extremely comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> that place was not comfortable. So, yeah. Yeah. Optics. That's yeah, it's, it's, it's all a matter of perspective yeah. in this case. But yeah, no, I, I had not, everybody's been warning me like, oh, the sunlight, the sunlight, sunlight. I have no problem with the sunlight. Oh, I think it's okay. really great. I mean, if anything, it gives me a little more energy because it's sort of like there's still daylight. It, yeah, it does. But I don't know. Like the second day, I I, I crumbled and I was like, I, I was talking to the sun. It's like you have to leave me alone. I cannot do this. Like it's it really like it, it seems like you don't have a, a place to hide. And you're even on, a, you're even on the side of the house at sunrise, so like it's not even directly in your window. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. And I chose it because of it, and it didn't work anyway. So yeah, no, but it it it's it's really beautiful, and it doesn't. I don't know. It's it's a it stunned me how I don't know humans decided to um, settle here to begin with. I guess. Uh, but at the same time, like, yeah, I was just like, we were driving the other night around midnight and still a beautiful light and, uh, to go see the, the permanent ins- uh, installation of the work by Dan Graham, Dan Graham. And, uh, it's, I mean, it, it really something else. It's really like, I've never seen a place like this. So it's, I'm really glad I'm here. I'm really glad I'm experiencing Norway through this uh you know weird access today that i didn't even notice until suddenly i needed to do it was i haven't touched a light switch (laughs) in five days yes i haven't needed to turn on a light there's so much natural light everywhere yeah like i literally have not touched a light switch and i'm like that's fascinating because like if i want light i just open the window yeah yeah, 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 absolutely and every direction there's light everywhere at all times well i guess you you Turn the switch on in in October or November, and yeah, then it stays on until February yeah. or March. And because of course, of course, yeah, you yeah. have you have the opposite. In yeah, the winter, you don't touch so. it again until Jan, until yeah, you know, exactly. April. Yeah, it's just a, sort of a little observation that I was yeah. like, I have not turned it like on yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a but it's it's really fascinating as in general, and I knew because some some years ago I was I was uh, interested in a project that concern northern sweden and yeah i i so i studied a lot well, not a lot but a little bit of the history of this area and this, this parts of the world so i'm it, it was also nice to like come and see the things that i've been uh, reading about and see like the actual history that went through here and yeah it was really fascinating all right so then moving on to leaf in particular mm-hmm. so 
you were invited to be a participant in this. Mm-hmm. You you have actually done multiple parts because you did an exhibition in Venice mm-hmm. as yep. well, which is sort of like a pre-exhibition for Leoff. So A, sort of like how did you do that project? I, okay, let's just start with that project mm-hmm. and then we'll go on to the other one. So you were given the opportunity to do this exhibition. Did you already, again, did you have a proposal that you sort of walked in with or did they they just say, hey, you know, we had this great opportunity for you. What can you do here? Like, how did that process work? Well, we kind of, I mean, uh, Francesco and Francesco were already thinking about uh, to doing multiple chapters uh, for this biennial, and uh, and I think one of them was featuring Venice for sure, and, and kind of connecting these two weird uh, archipelagos, right? Like, and and of course the project would have been during the other biennial, which is a historical biennial, <laughs> the, the and other with, a, with, a, with a capital T H. The other that will not be named. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's in Venice. We can say that. Yeah. No, but it, it's uh, so the the, the, um, the idea was also to um, yeah create this first chapter, this opening, uh, the pre-opening in another archipelago of islands. And so they, they wanted to start with this two projects. So one by uh, Pauline Kuryajardin at the women's prison and me in um, a collector's house um, and in partnership with uh, Casa Chiusa by Paolo Clerico. That's a space in Milan. And, I love uh, how you're just like rolling through these names like I should know who these no, are. No, 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 no. I'm just like, I don't. Yeah, just yeah, putting yeah. it for the, for the records. Okay, for great. the records. Uh, so yeah, I, I we did a site visit. I think I mean I define myself as a sculptor, so someone who works with sculpture and the space and architecture mostly. So I guess yeah, my understanding of the word uh, goes through like uh, space and materials and and again the politics, whatever that, <laughs> whatever that means at this point. Sure. That, <laughs> you can define yourself yeah. however you want yeah. to Yeah, exactly. Yourself, also, like, yeah. I'm not that, here to sue me. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not here to go, no, I really think you're yeah. more this. <laughs> so, so yeah, the, the, and especially not showing in an institution or like a, a void, but in a space that was really, uh, had a character because of course it was a private house of, of, uh, to architects also it was redesigned by them so it had like a lot of uh, influences and, and uh, it was really like a, a, a product of the wheel of like these two people and so I had to be a sort of uh, a guest which is a position that I really enjoyed also I lived for a couple of years in between I guess New York going back and forth with New York and uh, uh, going to Berlin. There was a, a, a period of time where I, I mean, I was living with a luggage. I didn't know where I was and it was keep like moving around and not having. So I, I, I find, I found myself in the position of being a, a guest for, uh, many times. And it made me think a lot about like also the, the care that you have around other people's objects and other people's like way of leaving and other people's architectures and, and little, you know, like uh, and their behaviors and then how you have to become this weird ghost or this weird like, again, shapeshifter and and uh and change your position all the time and and also physically in the house so you but at the same time you occupy the the sofa for example so you take part of the house that is like you know 
uh, uh, meant to be shared and meant to be common. Well, and well that's also part of being uh, doing residencies as well yeah. and things like this. So it seems like that's a sort of a common theme that's been sort of running through your life, doing residencies, then sort of traveling and, and yeah, back it's and like forth it's, and all it's, this. it's moving. It's keep like uh, trying to, well, I grew up like this as well. So like my, I changed the first 10 years of my life, um, my family and I changed like probably 13 houses. Holy crap. Yeah. Okay, that's a lot. Yeah, exactly. Why? Um, so work, uh, work reasons. Then uh, the my my uh, my parents uh, decided not to live together anymore. So it was a little bit with one and then the other, and it's a lot of reasons that I'm not. <laughs> but um, yeah, it had been part of my life has been that. So um, I think I'm very. I, I guess it's also my perspective to which I can, uh, again, engage with reality and see the world as, as informed by that. So I kind of made it my own or started to analyze what what that means, uh, or what it brings with it. So, uh, God, I lost the track of what Venice. I was saying. Venice, yes. <laughs> so yeah, entering in a space and like uh, finding myself as a, as a, as a guest slash ghost in, in this space. But at the same time, I wanted to make, uh, well, again, I've been working on architecture. I've been working on like how to describe an architecture that is not stable, that is not fixed, and it's not, uh, it has no rules in a way. And art allows me to do it, of course, because there are, there is no need for architecture to exist in the way it exists when you when you see it from the perspective of art. So it doesn't have to be fixed, it doesn't have to be stable, it doesn't have to be a number of things. I guess you can do it as an architect as well and just too dumb to <laughs> I was gonna say I'm, I'm questioning whether or not I should debate that topic or just let you slide on it. But I'm gonna let you slide. Okay. <laughs> uh, we can talk about it uh, probably more in depth. Uh, but I yeah so it's the, the 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 experience of going there and having this this um, at least baggage of of thinking about architecture and space and and things like that and and um, we did the first site visit and then we went out and we were walking back to the the, the train station and and I was like I was just thinking about home alone the old time so I was thinking about Macaulay Culkin like making this whole like self-made traps to defend the house and so I, I kept working on it I just had this this idea of or like this feeling of of uh also being trapped probably by entering in that space so I didn't know I, I thought about Macaulay Culkin but at the same time I was the thief in in that uh, the in that scenario or I, I I wasn't defending anything it wasn't my private house it wasn't uh, but I was an intruder in a way well but you're defending the idea of privacy and private Ooh, homes well quite the opposite oh, okay. no I mean right. like I, I want I wanted to like um, this place it was like of course again it's a house of two collectors so it's very um, it's it's very coded with a certain number of of um, visual uh, hints that let that let you know what your place should be in the house or what your your uh, behavior is or what you're expected to uh, 
uh, how you're expected to behave in a space like that. And I kind that of did a polite way of explaining that. <laughs> like that right? <laughs> well, you're so broadcasting this. So. <laughs> I, I know. And, and the thing is, is like, well, while you're saying that, I know exactly <laughs> the kind of place you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure. I don't know what the words to explain that. Even even impolitely, I don't know what the words to explain. I mean, it's it sounds like it's, it's a elegant, refined, and and probably very uh, controlled environment. Let's say. Yeah, but I mean, the the, the space around you tells you how to behave. So we are we are designed, or like we grew up, and the more information we have, the the more we learn how to. Sure. You walk into a boardroom, you know, you have to act a certain way. You yeah. walk into somebody's kitchen, you know, you can act in a different way. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So um, it means that everything, uh, again, shapes you and puts you in a position of either power or la lack of power, uh, control or lack of control and et cetera. Well, that's life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. But it, I mean, I... I wanted to work exactly on the things that might be, or well, like how dangerous this this uh, thing uh, can be, or how how dangerous I can make it. So yeah, the work on traps kind of developed in and uh, from there. And then I remember when I, uh, after having this this um, thought about or like those remembers of like Macaulay Culkin that I know is a very like um, very pop culture pop it's culture yeah yeah, yeah yeah but uh, I remember a, a piece of news from 2019 I think uh, in Philadelphia where a real estate developer uh, entering a property that uh, they bought I think it was in the, the, the neighborhood is called Angora and it's part of like the uh, southwest Philadelphia, I think. Which yeah, is, I think uh, I used to buy yeah. drugs there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same. <laughs> and it's a place that have been uh, from the '80s on. Have been started, or like it has been started uh, a process of gentrification there because, of course, with uh, these crazy laws that you have in the United States, uh, the municipality managed to kick out. Uh, black and Latino communities that were in were, America, uh, yeah, crazy, right? That's shocking, yeah, insane. And then now it's seeing a second wave of gentrification because uh, apparently, and there is this um, phobia on the East Coast, especially about the the water rising, the, the water level rising, and the fact that it's going to destroy or submerge at least part of the cities on the coast. So Washington is one of them. And Boston and New York, of course, uh, a lot of people are buying uh, properties in Philadelphia because it's. it's I don't know where you all are getting this story. Uh, <laughs> this is like the third time I've heard this story since. Like, I think this is some myth that Norwegians have made up about America because, like, my parents literally live on the beach. Uh huh. And they don't give a shit. Okay. <laughs> like, like, nobody cares. I mean, sure, everybody's sitting there going, oh, the ocean levels are rising, our beaches are going away. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it's not going to happen in the lifetime of anybody that's alive right now. So, like, people are not that afraid in America. Uh, well, I no, I don't know because I, I, I was, I mean, it's, it's an information that I gather from the news and from the American news. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's like like it's, the internet. The like, <laughs> you're saying it was, it was the internet, but it was a um, you're uh, saying, a, you're, the factual. Yeah, internet. well, I mean, 
that's that's a voice at least um but uh, i mean it's so an you interesting remember the, idea but yeah like, but does it, i mean there just the fact is there is a there is a, a second wave of gentrification in philadelphia right now for sure like okay, the prices that, are rising i totally yeah, agree yeah, yeah. with i understand the whole like fear of being near like underwater washington dc I, I don't see that but i know yeah but i, I I'll, I'll try and find the, the i would love the to see that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no i think it, i think it's, I will, in my, it's in my computer somewhere so i will I put a link to it in the show notes okay, for this okay, episode, okay. So, yeah. Okay, but wait, let's get back to something. So, like, I want to know, like, some of the sort of practicality of how the Venice exhibition came about, time frame, um, logistics. Like, did you visit there? Did you make the work on site, or did you make it somewhere else and then like, bring it there? Like, what was the process? Uh, you know, how long did it take from like first? idea to site visit to installation well that's that's the thing so we, we, we started with i mean i started with uh we started with a, with a site visiting was, was probably august i can't remember it was the summer 2021 uh and then uh, yeah so i started um thinking about traps and then i remember at, at one point i think during the fall uh, this this piece of news about this this real estate developer going back to his house and uh, almost uh, almost getting killed by a trap right uh, that was set by someone and, and nobody knows because the property had been abandoned for for a while. probably some drug dealer mm, that used yeah, it as a, yeah, as a or, spot yeah. yeah and so yeah this uh, this kind of information sparked uh, uh, what whatever happened afterwards because of course it was super fascinated by this thing and because it, it puts like it's such a nice um th th there's so much <laughs> nice is not a good word but uh it's it's such a <laughs> It, it, it embodied we're, for we're me. We're talking about traps. Yeah, exactly. And, damage, and then it was also it was very it was you know, nice. Yeah, exactly. Where <laughs> I'm twisted, but it was extremely violent because it was a um, uh, a crutch attached to a like a, a cable system that um, activated it as and it worked as a guillotine because at the end of the crutch there was a, a, a huge uh, butcher knife attached to it that was supposed to like basically almost behead someone so of course it's a desperate gesture and it's it's terrifying and at the same time it embodies perfectly um somehow the it's it's also a, a reaction to a bigger trap which is gentrification and politics and architecture just in general so um it was a, a, a practical response to a, another practical threat that is less visible or less, it, it seems less violent. Uh, it's way more violent in a way. Well, I mean, we all know it. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's uh, a kind of, this, this piece of news kind of embodied uh, so much of the things that I was looking for. And, and I thought also it would have been perfect for uh, such a, uh, posh nice venue in uh, in in Venice so yeah so I started working on it and I uh, I started also researching like because traps are it, it, there's a, it's a huge theme in um, in art in general something that I like uh, that you can find in uh, in different 
shapes and forms, but for a, a big part of art history. So it, it was really nice to like go back. And so th my my fir the first part of the process for me, it's like gathering all this different information, all this different uh, ideas and different uh, sources and hints and kind of like creating a, um, a map or uh, a grid like uh, as a set of like everything that I that I gather kind of uh, created a, a set of rules in which like I could uh, then make my uh, my work that could create my work. I love that you say that because like I often say like in my own practice and also even when I talk to students I'm always like you know you, you end up sort of building your own prison and then sort of learning how to work within that prison mm -hmm. so like you give yourself you have to give yourself constraints in order to get more creative because if you literally could make anything in the world it can be horribly daunting and mm -hmm. be, and, and like, like you could freeze you'd be like i can make anything mm -hmm. so like you have to give yourself a certain amount of structure to mm -hmm. then sort of play within kind of thing yeah. and i think that's a very important part of the process that a lot of us sometimes forget about yeah, I know. I, I mean, to me, it remains like a, such a, a central point. It is that that's what I intended by the politics of the works before. Like, no, again, and I and I go back because I I try to explain to myself what, what what I even mean. But it is like the 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 set of rules and a set of choices that I make. Those are the ones that like design the perimeter of the work. And without he's yeah. drawing a square with some X's and stuff on the table to try yeah. to, to draw. <laughs> Just so for those of you who can't see that, he's, he's, he's making a visual representation as well. Yeah, that's, for again, for myself, I'm pretty, I need a visual representation. But um, yeah, so it, it's it's um, uh, it's kind of it's so necessary for me. Like the more, um, the more the grid is well designed the more fun I can have afterwards. So like the more uh, the work can uh, overcome the grid and go, and go somewhere else and do something that you weren't expecting even before. So giving a lot of attention on that to me is it's extremely important. So yeah, and, and so there is a time span, I would say from like uh, then August or the first visit to January, and it was just, a lot of uh, studying, gathering, and sketching, and thinking, uh, and then we started with like more side visits. So, like trying to define more how the work would also interact with the space, and uh, and then yeah, I came up little by little with with the, the different works that composed the, the show. Because the show was uh, there was one video projection, uh, one slide projection, and then two sculptures. Sort of. So yeah, it, it became a, uh, um, a composed discourse. Like like the show was was really um, okay. And just to be clear, again, so like this is the idea is that like, you know people who have not participated in a festival, mm -hmm. artists in particular, since we're talking to you as an artist, uh, that they understand like how that process works. So like the, you met with the curators, and then you went off and did your own thing, and then just sort of brought it back and said, "Here it is." And they just had to suck it up, whatever you made. <laughs> <laughs> well, I encourage artists to do that. No, it's not. I mean, especially with with uh, Francesco Urbano Ragazzi, we have uh, again we have uh, a relationship uh, of, of like 
real friendship for the past 10 years and we've been in talking about work and art in general for the past 10 years and so for me having like a back and forth and the discourse and and um yeah like a, a constructive uh yeah i would say just back and forth with them was was really uh important okay so they were they were involved in the process yeah in some yeah, way. yeah in, the, in the, this case the, yes. let's say let's just to be safe let's say not uh not sort of like they didn't guide you as much as they sort of maybe just said uh, you know encouragement in one way or another maybe uh yeah no idea yeah, i don't i don't think it's never it's never a matter of guidance because that becomes a little it can twist the thing a little bit i think it's more like allowing the process to be and like yeah in the case like whenever you're scared as an artist and you need like uh, someone who believes in, in in what you're doing because at the end of the day it's a very lonely lonely work. Um, in my in you. my in my I'm case here for you, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be lonely. <laughs> but I know I totally understand what you mean because in the end it's it's your individual thing, your individual piece, and you're going to be judged, criticized, or appraised f- based on whatever you made because even though they're the curators somebody's going to come in and, and say like, oh, I really love your piece. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, and it's, it's your name, it's, your it's reputation. Because I, I decided to use my name and sign my work with, with my, my works with my name, which was dumb, but probably right now. No, but I, I'm, no, I'm joking. But I mean, no, but in working in a collective is different. And, you know, like there are so many practices and, and weird ways. And of course we live in, we love the judgment <laughs> because we are, we base the whole society on it. Uh, of the art world, though, we really love to judge. Oh, well, I mean, specifically, yeah, particularly. But I, I guess it's like, it's so embedded in our, I mean, the idea of critique, right? Like the, the, the critique that you have in, in school or the critique oh, that you grow up see, in. Constructive critique, I love. Yeah. Negative critique, like, or critical, like, well, no, critical critique, I'm okay with because that's theoretically helpful in some way. Mm-hmm. But judgment is a whole nother thing. <laughs> well, yeah, no, of course it's of, of course it's different, but um, yeah, I guess there's there's a uh, a part of the. I mean, the work is ex, is exposed, right? It's an exhibition, so you exhibit that. Anytime and, an artist puts their work in the public eye, it's an incredibly vulnerable position for mm-hmm. us. I mean, because we literally are asking to be criticized. And not necessarily yes. in a negative way. I mean, just like just just. Well, I guess I guess the ego part asks that. Oh yeah, uh, because Our of fragile egos yeah, exactly. are put on but, display. Yeah, yeah. Yes. but but it's also it's a, it's it's the most powerful position in a way because you're giving. Uh, well, you're not deciding the, the the faith of a country or anything, but it is very. Um, I tr- I'm, I'm trying to Adolf Hitler's story uh, would differ that oh opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not. Uh, yeah, well, I still want to live in Germany because well, there's a relation to Lofton with yeah, the Adolf Hitler story. Something I mean, you know, like if if they had been nicer to him in art school, well, that <laughs> might not have been. Well, that's a, that's a narrative of no. <laughs> it might be. I don't know, but um, that's undaunting. <laughs> but uh, it is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm trying to think in a in a positive way of, or at least see the 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 agency that an artwork 
can give you as an artist or you that sorry let me rephrase it the agency that you can give an artwork as an artist and therefore the agency that you give to the public or to whoever is seeing that it's very powerful because it's very it's really like designing a territory or designing a, a field a piece of the world that is that doesn't make necessarily sense that doesn't belong to the rules of whatever is surrounding it right he's drawing a little fenced in area on the table again again just, yes. <laughs> just for the listeners i do i do models usually so yeah. this is the yes, like the he's, gesture he's doing a little visual model on the table of a little fenced in area yeah, I think it's I think it's a very powerful gesture. So yeah, there's just this exposure to the judgment and to all that stuff. And of course, like it, the 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 wounded ego wants more affirmation, wants more um, whatever uh, confirmations and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, again, does uh, if if you use the space of the artwork to do that, you're doomed. If you're, if you again, if you try to use it uh, as a form of agency, maybe there's something to uh, to do with it for yourself and, and and other people. I love the vernacular of saying like giving things agency, things having agency, and all the, the term agency. I think is a very appropriate term for that. That more so than like judgment or criticism or right. anything like that or even critiques in general but yes okay but let's, so now let's move on so so you did the this exhibition in venice mm -hmm. and now you are preparing to do your fine the, the sort of the final part of the festival yeah the biennial which i'm not sure why biennial is not in their name but biennial because <laughs> leaf only goes on once every two years so the and so is there any, so the first question would be, is there any relationship between the work you did in Venice and the work you will be doing here in Lofton? Uh, well, it's a mutation of it because it's, uh, well, I'm going to present a video uh, that's called Desperate Times. And it's the video that I presented in Venice and it was on display for a week. And now it's going to be uh, shown uh, in September here at, at Lief. But then I'm going to add bits or like kind of the, the work is going to invade the space in a different way. And it's going to be like some additional other uh, sculptural works and probably another video, but I'm still working on it. Uh, but yeah, it, it kind of all the oldest thing kind of came from this last week of visiting uh, here. So the the idea, uh, of course, also because the, the, this old discourse around the, the traps of uh, related to uh, a private space uh, belonging to the bourgeoisie and having some codes and stuff like that. And now the venues are going to be completely different. So I, I do need to like, or I do need, I do want to address other complications of that kind of architecture and complications of that, that uh, sort of space. So it, it's going to be interesting to like um, also make, make the work um, or tailor the work again, or making the work as a response to to the space uh, that surrounds it. And just for the listeners, because he, he, you and I know this, but they don't know this. But like, so the, you are going to be taking this this work that was in a a, a my word a, a posh place in Venice, and you're going to literally be installing it into 
a building that is was a public school that will is in the process of like basically as soon as layoff is completed will be demolished. So I mean, and and then within the public school, which space is it? You're using a lot gymnasium locker yeah, room. Yeah, sorry, I wasn't saying anything because I don't know if it's public already. What what kind of space that By will be? By the time but, this comes out, it'll be like right close to the the actual opening of the fantastic, event. Fantastic. So, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that we can talk about it. Um, yeah, it is in the locker rooms. Yeah, uh, of an elementary school. Uh, it's an elementary school, I think. And uh, so yeah. Uh, it's going to be. Uh, it's a very different. You, so, so, but you're using sort of parts of the project, so not the complete project that you did in yeah, Venice, exactly. but, but taking elements of it and then recontextualizing it in a very different, not only like physical environment being the north of Norway, but also a different physical environment being the the architecture, the space, the intended use of that space, mm-hmm. even you know, from a private home to a literally a public school. Yeah. Exactly, and and so th- there are different characters of, of or characteristics of the th- that kind of architecture, which is of course, um, it's a total institution. There's something that that um, again shape you, or shape uh, people in a different way. So it's yeah, it's a very interesting ch- challenge as well because I mean school as, a, as an architecture is such a topic and then you transport and you transport um, this idea of traps from again one space to the other and especially the locker rooms and I, I don't know it brought me it also brought me a lot of like um, memories of of uh, growing up as a queer kid in in uh, the outskirts of the north of northern Italy and um, yeah wasn't necessarily like a pleasant experience so it's like it is a kind of I, I'm thinking about like a, the kind of revenge that I can, I can have right now uh, towards that space yeah see it's interesting like elementary school locker rooms i don't think i had a problem with i don't remember any sort of mm-hmm. anxieties there high school and really? intermediate school like wow boy, yeah it reminds me of like my middle school so it was like in between 10 or 13 just I think, when people like are that. when some people are starting to hit puberty but some mm-hmm. aren't and it's mm-hmm. incredibly awkward yeah i mean it, it is a charged space and as well of course it's it's divided by gender because there is a, the male locker room and a female locker room and uh, i'm sorry wait or do you know of places where locker rooms are yeah. not split by gender <laughs> my, my dreams okay I was like, uh but yeah no it's uh no I, I of course like there's a again even that separation of gender is mm-hmm. an institution and gives you a, a good idea of um what culture does um, and so it's it's extremely interesting to take over this uh, place and uh, making it um, whatever I decide to make of it. Well, and that's also something that's interesting. So, okay, in Venice, I believe if I saw it correctly, you had it on monitors of some sort, like television screens. No, were, it was projected. It was a it rare was projection. Projected. Yeah, okay. usually, yeah. So the so the question is so you're now trans transferring it to a new location with a different context and potentially even a different read of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. How is the 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 actual sort of installation and the presentation changing in any way? I'm kind. I'm uh, movie wise. I mean the, the 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 video is going to be projected on another screen, probably a front projection rather than a rear projection uh, because of the lack of. Uh, not a lack of space, but like it's it's it designs a different um, 
uh, how do you say, well, not parkour, but like uh, the promenade or whatever. <laughs> a parkour. Yeah, it's no. great. No, promenade. Yeah, like yeah, a walkway. Walk, yeah. Walkway, yeah. yeah. Around, uh, around the work. So, it, um, uh, so yeah, it changes slightly, but pretty, it's, it's going to stay pretty much... Uh, almost the same size even so it's i'm gonna preserve sort of the the, um, uh, the outlines of of the work in general and i'm pretty excited to see that because again like seeing all this the video especially the desperate times is a, is a a kind of it, it detached itself from the, the the piece of news about philadelphia and it's more like a, a series so Sorry, step back. I yeah, b- b- working with with uh, videos right now in the past couple of years was a um, a turn that my work took. Uh, even though, like, it's, I started working with, or I am a sculptor, so I work with sculpture and I work with objects. Meaning that I started at some point to make architectural models of things and because uh, i could film them film them in my studio i didn't it didn't require a lot of space it was, was very this, fast was this a pandemic thing or pre-pandemic? well it, pre-pandemic okay because uh, it it's a perfect pandemic thing well i mean uh, there was the, so this thing started with the um work for the maxi bulgari prize so a week's notice has been like uh, displayed there for the first time, so I started working on it in 2019, I believe. Just and perfect. yeah, and it was it it's it's a work about the gentrification of AIDS. So what happened after the or during the the AIDS crisis in the 80s and 90s and the gentrification that followed. So I, I was working on the relationship between, which has been one of the themes in my my research and my work. Uh, the relationship between um, malady or or sickness and uh, architecture, for example. So it's doing that, and then we we st- and again, I didn't have I I moved to Berlin a year before. I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have a studio at the time, so I had to like produce stuff. And the space at Max it was huge as well. So I I didn't know what to do, and out of necessity, this process of um creating models that were like uh copying also some of the the movies that i or like some scenes that i couldn't uh, afford buying uh, at the same time from uh, get image or like whatever i couldn't get co- pay the copyright and then remaking them was the logical uh, kind of uh, solution to it and it opened this whole line of work for me for like really uh, working with objects and then like kind of create a translation where of the object where uh, movement was involved as well, which is extremely interesting. And it allowed me to be so comedic and both like ironic and 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 uh, dark at the same time. It, it was really uh, eye opening for me. So, and and we stopped filming that work the week before uh, lockdown. Uh, good timing yeah good timing really um, but then yeah after that it kind of st- this sort of practice uh, kind of stayed I really I really enjoyed uh, working in the scale I really enjoyed the old uh, process and also working with other people as well so I feel less lonely than what I was saying before 
and uh, to do then then yeah uh, the, the the video in, in uh, desperate times is a collection let's say of different traps but without a maker and without a victim so it's just the functioning of the trap itself but does a trap have a function if there's no maker and no nobody being harmed? Well, that's the that's the question, right? It's like and and the trap becomes a a, a portrait and a self portrait at the same time, and it becomes the the this ironic version, sadly ironic version, or uh, of uh, the environment of the victim, and then it interacts with with the intentions of the uh, the hunter or whatever you're. Or, you can call it, but it is a very uh, interesting place. And if it's left without a real function, so it, 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 they actually they work. So the the trap door opens, the anvil follow like in a, a Willy Coyote almost uh, kind of fashion, and uh, um, the revolving door keeps uh, revolving like even something that is not related to a, uh, the trap imagery that you can have so it belongs to more it belongs more to architecture in that context become a trap as well i'm always afraid of being trapped in revolt you right yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. but it's a form of, of weird anxiety that we live uh, every day that i'm really interested in it's really uh, funny to play with it uh, but I, I think also it, it hides a sort of common fear and common feelings. Yeah, oddly, I'm not afraid of being trapped in an elevator, but mm -hmm. I am out of a revolving, revolving door. Revolving door, right? Well, because the revolving door, like you're so close, like you like it's, and it's usually glass, so like you can see yeah. freedom. Whereas like a, an elevator, it, it's a it's a box. You sort of yeah. signed on for that. You're like, I'm in a big steel box. But, that I'm good, yeah. <laughs> to the but but it's right. the, it's it's the relationship with modernity, or is it the relationship with with spaces and objects that can become that are we, we promised they are designed for us. But what happens if that design goes against us? And that's well, I get that's that's a line that really can describe my work and and. Uh, that's a line that can describe almost everything. I mean, think of like the internet was theoretically designed for us. Yeah, right. but holy shit, has it been used in the wrong way? Yeah, yeah, right. You know, credit cards were designed theoretically to make life easier. Uh, were they? I'm not sure about that. <laughs> where for whom? It depends. Well, <laughs> well, no. I mean, originally a credit card was literally that just to be able to to go to a store and just have credit and then mm -hmm. just pay at the end of the month your mm -hmm. bill. Like yeah. that's what it was. Like you yeah, know, yeah. your mom and pop store sort of credit yeah, yeah. kind of thing not i'm not talking like bank you know city bank yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i'm talking like original credit cards mm -hmm. you know like your your uh, store store credit cards mm -hmm. where the, it was just the one store you couldn't use it anywhere kind mm -hmm. of thing but anyways i digress into american horrible capitalistic <laughs> issues so but, but again yeah back to so but so so let's try and wrap this up a little bit so like yep. so your at this point it is the beginning of june the exhibition will be opening in September. What sort of uh, issues do issues or opportunities do you see forthcoming between like now and the exhibition opening up? Uh, well, this site visit right now uh, gave me basically all the, the 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 other materials to then produce the rest of the work. So I found the material to probably make another uh, video work, hopefully. 
So let's see if the, the time this will air. I would still be there, but I think so. And then the sculptures will be uh, made starting from objects that I, that I found on site. Uh, in the school. In the school, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, the idea, especially with traps, uh, what I'm doing is really like making sculptures that... Uh, first of all, the follow idea of you like how they can be actually used so they, they work. And then, uh, but then also they have, or not they have to be, but I'm interested in doing something out of necessity again, like out of whatever is around you. And then you kind of create a, you, you, you redesign it in a, in a danger, like in a, um, building a machine that is potentially dangerous. Well, but that even that's just nature of like recycling, reusing things. That to me, I and I apologize for anybody in the the Lofton area, but like I feel like that's very a uh, thing here. Like they are very good at reusing and recycling materials regionally. Yeah. Well, in a in a place like this where everything is difficult and everything has to be really. Uh, I mean, it, it's really something that that. Um, brings up the word survival right like mm. you, if if you if you take the wrong step here you might die like the weather is so, no seriously like if if you I mean, get stuck in technically that's true right, yeah. but come come visit the show is going to be delightful uh no but um no i mean it's 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 a great place and and but i mean it, it's again it's so extreme that is everything is really um can be dangerous so like even again reusing or rethinking or or uh doing things with what you have with, yeah, with, with the arsenal of tools that you and and materials that you have but as you said right like it, it looked it seemed like um like making models for example or like uh working with uh, a smaller scale or recycling it's a it's a pandemic thing right because we found ourselves somehow suspended outside of um a word of commodity a word in which uh as you said at the very beginning right we could call someone and ask them to make the work for us well and that sort of thing is like because like theoretically like okay so let's say you this festival was Mm -hmm. placed in milan yeah you would just go to an art store or a hardware store and you would buy whatever products you Mm -hmm. need to produce your thing Mm -hmm. here because of the fact that it is such a remote location and i i want to be clear i'm not saying that in a negative way i'm just saying it is period Mm -hmm. it's a fact that you're encouraged to like reuse things and Mm -hmm. it it makes sense to do that instead of instead of saying oh i'll go to the hardware store and buy Mm -hmm. these things that i need and in some ways, that's a you know really uh, great opportunity that you might not have in other cities. Yeah, and of course, I think it brings a, the the aspect of the spectacle that uh, accompanies art, right? It's also if you see like a huge bronze sculpture here, you're like oh, how do they do that, right? Like how much uh, money and time and resources were. Um, invested in uh, bringing this thing here or producing this thing here where everything is difficult or everything is that like doing something like this would be my first question right yeah uh it's very materialistic but uh we tend to think like this and I, i think there is a part of the 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 idea of the spectacle of art 
that relies on that. It's the magnificent of, of uh, a gesture like that, which is monumental in a way, in general. And I, th- I think it's it, again, it's it's a political gesture to rethink art in a different sense, in a different that it's not. Of course, I mean, it, it really, uh, it really the zeitgeist right now, in a way. It doesn't, because the, the 80s and the 90s especially were like another economical boom or an, the, the belief of an economical boom because it wasn't real, but the financial market was very real and uh, for some, and I think it's still like um, magic, a uh, bad one. But um, there's, there's so much... Uh, yeah, it's, it's still a demonstration of power in a way, and I think right now, like, and I I don't say it for like being zeitgeist. It's just I I, I to me doing things um, or rearranging the world around me in a certain way. It's a political act because it it means the art is ever can actually be everywhere and and can. It doesn't have to be bronze or it doesn't have to be, you know, like it doesn't have to be, have certain characteristics of what we think uh, generally of, uh, of uh, what art could be. And there are so many other, um, or not so many other, but so, so many uh, ways to build a, a beauty as, as easy as it is, but um, to maybe... A, a place like this can also open up, like the eye, or open eyes to like see how uh, beauty can be built around you, really. And I, I think it's a, it's an incredible tool to give. Uh, again, it's it's an incredible agency to give uh, to other people because it's it's uh, or to everyone really, like to acknowledge that you that there's a way of building and reshaping the world around you. It's magical. I hope. Well, thank you very much and good luck with the exhibition. Finger crossed. Thank you. Before you go, we would like to thank you for listening all the way to the end of the conversation. We would also appreciate it if you would share the podcast with your friends, family, co-workers, or studio mates, anybody with an interest in the arts and creative industries. The building and strengthening of the arts and creative community both today and for the future is at the core of our mission for this podcast. They can listen and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are produced by 5014, and the music was created by Pete Bybee. The Wise Fool Arts Podcast is supported in part by an EEA grant from Iceland, Liechtenstein, and Norway in an effort to work together for a green, competitive, and inclusive Europe. We would also like to thank our partners Hunt Kastner in Prague, Czech Republic, and Kunst Centrene in Norge in Norway. Links to EEA grants and our partner organizations are available in the show notes or on our website, wisefoolpod.com.